0: It's the big one. The Sky Half Price Sale is here. Choose from award-winning Sky TV and everything on Netflix or unmissable sports with every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports all half price. Take Sky Cinema and watch the biggest blockbusters or grab Sky Broadband ultrafast for lightning fast speeds. Choose one that suits you. They're all half price for six months. Save big in the Sky Half Price Sale. Search Sky Half Price Availability subject to location, TV and broadband products sold separately For more info, see sky.ie forward slash speeds Setup fees, min terms, and further terms apply Offer ends 2nd of September
1: What would you do for a loved one? Would you give up everything to save them should they face trouble? Would you give your own life for theirs? How far would you go to help? It's the life of a Kildare woman which answers these questions for us. This is her story. In Leeslip, in 1667, a child was born. Her name was Kit Cavanagh. Her parents were once local brewers, creating some of the best beers and ales which were transported into Dublin City to be enjoyed alongside the Liffey. They had developed this business as they had land on which they could grow all the necessary ingredients. They also had the advantage of being Protestants, which allowed them to own and operate the business without restrictions from the Crown of England. This tap to freedom, however, closed to the family after they declared their support for King James II against King William of Orange. Scale Fadigare The Williamite war in Ireland was a conflict between Jacobite supporters of the post-Catholic monarch James II and Williamite supporters of his successor, Protestant William III, or William of Orange if you prefer. As the Irish saw it, the Jacobites were an army which was trying to protect their lives against the inevitable oppression from the Williamites. While James had little interest in Ireland in and of itself, viewing it mainly as a means of recovering the throne of England, for his supporters, the Irish Jacobites, it was a chance to reverse more than a century of English and Protestant domination. There were some Protestant Jacobites who viewed James as the lawful king and William's accession to the throne as a legal putsch, but by and large this was an Irish Catholic movement. King James overturned the Cromwellian Land Settlement, restoring to Catholics all lands confiscated since the 1650s, and removed religious and political discrimination against Catholics and dissenters, and passed a law stating that the English Parliament could no longer pass laws relating to Ireland without the consent of the Irish Parliament. James was defeated, however, and his supporters were left facing into eternal doom. Kit's father joined the Jacobite army, supporting the Catholic King James, and was killed in the Battle of Orgrim. When the war ended, the family were stripped of their land, wealth and possessions for their support of the last Catholic King. The loss of her husband and the life she knew began to change Kit's mother's mental state, and as a result, Kit ran away from her as a teenager. She went to live with an aunt who owned a pub in Dublin City. Her life tipped along from there as relatively normal. She did not suffer in the same way as the Catholic majority on the island, for her religious views were in line with the new ruling class, but her connection to the Jacobite cause did leave a scare on her name. This meant that most avenues to education or prosperity were off limits to her. Despite her knowledge of the brewing process, she would not be afforded the opportunity to work in a brewery as a result. She resigned herself to working in her aunt's pub, collecting glasses and managing stock. Whilst working in the pub, she became friendly with another member of staff, a man called Richard Welsh. She and Richard became more than friendly and they soon married. Soon after the marriage, Kit's aunt passed away and left everything to her niece. Kit ran the pub with great pride and was noted as being a tremendous host for all who entered through the doorway. Richard waited the tables and she poured the drinks. Things went well for the young couple for the next few years. Catholics and Protestants saw it as a safe place where they could share a drink together away from discrimination. It was known to be a place of sanctuary from religion, politics and hate. Irish traditional music would be played in the corner ...and would be followed by English, Scottish and Welsh songs and poems enjoyed by all. The couple had two children in their early marriage. This did not slow them down however... ...as the children were often seen in the pub held in one arm while the other poured you a drink. Kit became pregnant with the third child in 1691. On the night she realised she would have a third mouth to feed, Richard had gone to the Docklands to settle a bill with the supplier. She thought the best way to tell him of their news would be to wait for him to come back, ask him to move some crates and tell him, I can't lift that, it would be bad for the baby, and she would wait his reaction with glee. Kit waited in the pub for her husband to return, serving the customers. Minutes came and minutes passed and Richard still had not returned. Minutes turned to hours and still no sign of him. She assumed maybe he had stopped somewhere for a drink on the way back, or popped in somewhere to get out of the rain. Or perhaps he had met an old friend by the docks and got caught chatting. As she closed the pub for the night, he had still not returned. At this point, her worry was now visible and crippling. She felt great tension in her chest, which induced a further panic. She knew at this point all the pubs in Dublin would most likely be closed. She grabbed her children and ran to a neighbour's house. She asked them to mind the children as she set out on foot to the Docklands to find her husband. The men she met at the Docklands told her that they had seen him with a man early in the night, going for a drink, but they had not seen him since. She went to all the pubs she could think of, banging on the doors furiously, angry with him for causing all the trouble, and now having even embarrassed her. There was no sign of him. Kit's life spun into a terribly depressive state. Every day she would look in the mirror and wonder a number of things. Firstly she wondered, did he get into an accident? Did he maybe get into a fight and had someone killed him? Maybe he had got drunk and slipped into the water. Or perhaps he was no longer at her side for other reasons. Had he left her, had he left her by choice, what had she done to make him want to leave? Was there someone else? Is he in the arms of another now? Does he have remorse? Does he still think of her? And did he ever love her? Had he left her by choice? These thoughts tormented every waking moment of her life and possessed every thought she had throughout every day. At night, her dreams were haunted and taunted by his memory. Twelve months into her ordeal, Kit received a letter through the door of her pub, which was now suffering due to a lack of interest in its upkeep, given her more pressing concern. It was a letter from Richard. In it, he explained his sorrow at no longer being by her side. He explained the inner turmoil he suffers at the thought of his children growing up without his presence. The letter went on to explain that he had not left by choice. When he arrived at the docks he settled his bill with the supplier and on his way back home he met a friend going towards the docks. They decided that a pint wouldn't go amiss and together they went to a nearby pub. As Richard lowered his pint, said goodbye and began to make his way to the door A British Royal Navy press gang entered through the doorway. The following morning Richard found himself shackled in the belly of a ship heading for the Netherlands. He had been enlisted in the Navy against his will, as was customary. His friend refused their advances and so found himself sinking to the bottom of the waters of Dublin Bay with weighted boots. He explained that he had tried many times to escape, but was caught on each attempt and had been whipped on a number of occasions for his efforts. Kit lowered the letter and grabbed her children. She marched them to where her mother was now living in Dublin. She left them in her care and went back to the pub. She went upstairs to the bedroom and opened the wardrobe. She removed from it her husband's trousers, a shirt, a jumper and a cap. She put them all on. She went back downstairs to the kitchen and grabbed a large knife. With her left hand she gripped her long hair and with the other she began hacking at it. She packed a bag and headed to the Navy Recruiting Office in Dublin. She was enlisted in the Navy and was described as a clever brisk young fellow by the recruiting officer. Twelve months after her husband was taken to the Netherlands against his will, Kit was going to go and get him and bring him back. She did not know exactly where he was or what division he was with so she had to travel with the navy in the hope that their paths may cross during what became known as the Nine Years War. She began the war as a foot soldier under the name Christopher Welch. Her early battles came quick and fast. She had to learn how to use her weapons quickly which were totally alien to her. Fear pressed her through the early fights and she began to become hardened to the battle. Her drive to find her husband had surpassed her need to run away. Over the next two years she managed to fight and live as a man. She refused showers and used a long homemade funnel in order to use the bathroom standing as a man. It was in the Battle of Landon when people really began to notice her. In a battle which saw 21,000 deaths, Kit managed to never leave the front lines. She spent the battle drowned in the blood of those who were in the way of her goal. She was repeatedly reported as being a soldier who failed to even tire and drove the fear of God into her enemies' hearts with each step she would take forward after removing life from their bodies. As she fought through the crowds, she kept shouting back to the others to move up with her. She paved a series of routes through the battlegrounds, leaving a pavement of bodies behind her. At one point, she used the stacked bodies of her victims as a podium to shout instructions to keep moving forward. As she became more influential in the battle, she too became a clear target. As she made a rush on a group of soldiers, she was blindsided and was tackled to the ground by a soldier who drove a sword through her leg. She was left pinned to the floor as the battle continued around her. Determined not to die without first finding her husband, she lay on the floor refusing to die. After the battle, she was taken to a type of prisoner of war camp. She spent two years here, wasting away, but never being discovered for being a woman. Determined to get her back due to her importance in the war effort, a trade deal was made for her, and she returned to the British forces. When she rejoined them, they found that she was now a battle-hardened soldier, not afraid of anything. Some of her superiors feared their safety around her, as a disagreement may lead to a fight. This came to a head when she witnessed a sergeant of a company aggressively grab a woman. Kit drew her sword and liberated his head from his neck. Following this, she was dismissed from the army. Still determined to find her husband, she agreed to leaving without a fight as long as she could join a different division instead. Out of fear, her superiors agreed. She promptly joined the Second Royal North British Dragoons and set out on her mission again. She fought with this division for the next three years until the war finally ended. When the war ended she still had not seen her husband or had found proof of his death. Disappointed by this failure, upon hearing that the army were to take part in the war of Spanish succession in 1701, she went with them. Remarkably at this point still she had not been discovered as being a woman after spending nearly 10 years in the army eating, drinking, playing cards and living as a man. She would also go to the brothels with the men, but spend her time drinking there rather than engaging in the other activities available. Her success at disguising herself became evident as a prostitute accused Kit of having fathered a child with her. Kit did not fight the claim as it allowed a further disguise of her sex. People thinking of her as a father would surely be a better disguise than any. She even paid the woman child support to encourage the lie. Kit began to thoroughly enjoy being a soldier. The place she took in the battles as a leader gave her a real sense of purpose. She loved the thrill of a fight and loved how the men had been tricked into following a mere woman into a fight for their lives. She received many awards for her efforts and became an international icon for soldiers. Three years into this new war in the Battle of Schellenberg, whilst charging at a group of bunkered down soldiers, she took a musket ball to the thigh. While she lay on the ground, she managed to kill two more soldiers and she bled. As the battle was won, she was taken to a medical tent for treatment. Here she heard her division were heading towards the Battle of Blenheim. Refusing to let them go without her she strapped up her leg and marched with them with the musket ball fixed firmly above her knee. After the blood soaking battle she was sent for treatment on her thigh, but she refused initially. It was then agreed upon that she would accept treatment while watching the prisoners. Whilst watching them and receiving treatment, in the distance she saw a soldier aggressively grab a woman. She grabbed her sword and pushed the medic out of her way and rushed him. As she raised her sword above her head to swiftly strike it across his neck he turned around. It was Richard, her long lost husband, the reason she had come to war. The two stood shocked. They walked away together pretending to argue about what had happened so that they wouldn't arouse suspicion. They talked about the last few years and Kit explained where she had been and what she had done, all to find him. Richard went to give her a kiss with joy but she pushed him back. Kit explained she spent years fighting, killing, and pretending to be a man to try and bring him home, but as soon as she found him, he was trying to go off with another woman. She told him she knew this had obviously not been the first, and hated that he did not remain faithful to her. After arguing, and Kit threatening Richard with death, the two agreed to pretend to be brothers so that their familiarity would not be out of place. They then fought side by side, as Kit refused to leave the army now that she had completed her mission. With her husband now expelled from her life, the army was her true love. They remained great friends, but Kit could never bring herself to forgive him. In 1706, at the Battle of Rimelis, both Kit and Richard were fighting back to back after becoming surrounded. Kit received a blow to the head and went down with a fractured skull. Richard stood over her body and fought off anyone who tried to come near her. After hours of defending her, he eventually managed to pull her back to a medic. The medic, who operated quickly, discovered she was Omen. During her previous surgeries she was conscious and managed to encourage them away from evidence. The news of the discovery soon spread through the British Cavalry Brigade. Eventually, Lord John Hay, the Brigade Commander, intervened, having Richard brought from the 1st Regiment of Foot. After hearing the whole story, he ordered that Kit's pay be continued while she remained under the care of the army. In her recovery, and after hearing of Richard's bravery to protect her, she agreed to act as his wife again. This also allowed her to remain with the army as a wife of a soldier rather than as a soldier herself. The officers who admired her as a soldier bought her a full upper-class woman's wardrobe and allowed her to stay with the higher-class women of the war. Things weren't rosy from here on out for her marriage, however. Having found Richard chatting up another woman, she cut off the woman's nose and stabbed Richard through the hand. A few weeks later, whilst retreating from a battle they had become outnumbered in, Richard was killed. Kit spent the next four days turning over every body on the battlefield until she found him. She stayed with the army until 1712 when the war began to come to an end. She moved to London and was requested by Queen Anne to come and visit her as she had heard of her remarkable tale. Queen Anne granted her a bounty of 50 pounds and a shilling a day for the rest of her life as a pension. She took this and moved back to her home in Dublin. She remarried and opened another pub. She found it hard to settle in Dublin, however, after her years of adventure. For many years, they moved about England and Ireland, Kit being paraded as a celebrity everywhere they went. Eventually, she was admitted to the Royal Hospital Chelsea, a military hospital as one of its pensioners. When her life came to an end, Kit was buried at her request with full military honours with other military pensioners at the Royal Hospital Chelsea. She was the first woman to be allowed this. Today's music was written, produced and performed by myself, Ryan O'Halloran. The story was researched and scripted by Oren. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help to support this podcast, you can buy us a coffee at www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash We the Irish. We the Irish is an Ireland loves production. Ryan is Dunn. Gurv Mallagut. Slawn and Nish.
0: It's the big one. The Sky Half Price Sale is here. Choose from award-winning Sky TV and everything on Netflix or unmissable sports with every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports all half price. Take Sky Cinema and watch the biggest blockbusters or grab Sky Broadband ultrafast for lightning fast speeds. Choose one that suits you. They're all half price for six months. Save big in the Sky Half Price Sale search sky half price availability subject to location tv and broadband products sold separately for more info see sky.ie forward slash speeds setup fees min terms and further terms apply offer end 2nd of september